You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with our favorite co-host, DC Lucchese, and we are here with two friends from Madeline's Fund, Rachel Lee and Andy Lee. Now, let's talk about this. Becoming a parent can be the most fulfilling, stressful, heartwarming, and chaotic time in your life. Your whole world, or at least a very big part of it, becomes centered around your kids. Every parent wants the best for their children, the best food, best schools, the best future, But for some families, that future is cut terribly short. And our next guest has turned their personal tragedy into a blessing for so many others throughout the Charlotte area and around our country. Today, we are here with Rachel Lee and with Andy Lee, um, who uh, basically, let's talk about it. Madeline's Fund, they started this to help families with babies receiving treatment in the NICU, excuse me, through Charlotte. And I want to dive right into it, learn a little bit more about this story, talk about Madeline's Fund, educate you on how you can support them, and really just share their story and and get that out there. So thank you so much, Andy. Thank you so much, Rachel, for joining us on this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. You are welcome. Thank you guys for joining us. So let's start off. Tell us a little bit about your story um, and, and either of you can start and just kind of tell us, uh, you know, about Madeline and how this all all came to uh, t- to to light. Do you want me to go? All right. Sure, kick it off. So, um, about seven years ago, um, in January of uh, 2015, uh, you know, Rachel went to the hospital. She was uh, in, in labor. Um, had a few complications. Um, Madeline came out. She. Had, through a C-section, she swallowed some fluid. So she couldn't really breathe or anything. She had fluid in her lungs. So they were like, you know, we're, they took her to the NICU and we were kind of like, didn't know what was going on. Didn't you kind of scared a little bit. And as things went, like after a couple days, her fluid started to get better. And um, she started, you know, her vital signs and everything started to look a little better. And I guess it was about day four or five in the NICU, um, she ended up developing an infection, like just a common infection that for some reason she couldn't fight. And, um, I remember we were, uh, laying in bed when we spent the night in the hospital, I mean, in the NICU a couple nights. And then they were like, she's doing pretty well. You guys should probably go home tonight. And I remember it was about like 1am we got a call and they said, she's flatlining. You guys need to come in. Um, so we got to the hospital and she was gone and it was probably one of the hardest things obviously we've ever had to deal with. And I know if anybody out there's lost a, a, a kid or a loved one, it, it's, it's, it's devastating. So through that, um, we decided, uh, about a year later, we were like, let's, let's, let's do something with this. And we kind of were talking about it for about a year and we decided to do Madeline's fund and um and start this to help families in the NICU and I'll let you know Rachel kind of speak on that a little bit um but it was uh it was something that we decided we wanted to try to honor her and be able to um do something for in honor of her to just help these families and just help everybody with everything so I'll let you keep going a little bit yeah I think um what kind of launched the idea was when we first got the bill from the funeral home and we were like, wow, I mean, you knew that funerals, you know, there is an expense associated with that, that you definitely, for sure, when you're expecting a baby, you're not planning for that. Um, but when it comes 
and you see it, it just hits you. And we thought about, you know, our situation and that we were fortunate enough to that, you know, didn't um, affect us financially like some other families might be affected. So um, that was our first thought, like, gosh, like how do families afford this? Um, and then while we were in the NICU, while it was only for eight days for a short time, we were in, in the NICU. If you're not familiar, it's not like any other unit in the hospital. You're in these um, pods or sections with all these other families. You know, you have your isolate. And we were in one with, I think, uh, five other babies. And we noticed being there that not a lot of families were able to be there. They were calling in or, you know, trying to get there to be able to visit their child, maybe babies that have been there for weeks or months. And we thought about, gosh, like we were trying to juggle this for a short time. We live less than 10 minutes away. We had family helping. We had our two other boys at home. Um, and man, this has to be such a huge challenge for families just to be able to, to, to make it there while life goes on around you. Um, not only for families who experience loss, but that was kind of what launched um, the idea in meeting with hospital staff, both at Levine and at um, Novant Health, um, to try to figure out what's the best way to help meet the needs of these families, what's missing. And I think that's the way a lot of um, organizations like ours start is you see a hole or gaps and you try to fill it to you know, help help families where they need it. So we knew that there was not another organization that was meeting those like immediate needs. And so that's what we do. We help families with um, costs associated with their stay, um, transportation, which is huge, especially right now. Um, um, gas is, you know, out of control. Um, but yeah. um, families, because we have two level four NICUs here, the best care um, come from all over. I mean, we're seeing families from you know, South Carolina, Wilmington, Winston-Salem. I mean, there's everybody's coming here for care. So to try to get here is a big cost, having a place to stay. Um, we're lucky we have the Ronald McDonald House, but that is often full. So we work with the Hospitality House of Charlotte. Um, we partner with them to um, cover the costs for families to have a place to stay close to the hospital. Um, we help families with utility bills. Um, just so they can keep things going at home. Um, a lot of times parents have to take time off work or one parent has to stop working completely to care for a child with ongoing medical needs. Um, supplies, we do meal cards because when you're in the hospital, that cost adds up. And then um, I think I covered most of that. Um, and then we do a lot of funeral expenses. I think we're at like over the last five plus years, we've done a hundred and 94 funerals which is a big oh my gosh, cost wow, yeah. yeah now you know we've had um and, and i'm a parent i have two mm -hmm. two children dc's a parent um can't imagine going through that i have two young boys four and one years old um, my youngest has had you know some complications so we've been in levine multiple times so you kind of understand that um my family also went through losing a small child going through the same similar scenario in, in the NICU where it was a twin actually one one lived I actually just had my uncle on talking about that but what I'm trying to get through with this is there's it's pretty amazing to me that we've been able to bring on a lot of people that have gone through a lot of trauma right this um we've had a lot of friends actually our first episode with Josh Jones lost his daughter to cancer 
And what fascinates me is it seems like parents have two choices, right? One to grieve and not come up with something maybe that is productive. Maybe it could rip a family apart. I mean, you can only imagine going through that. Or two, what I think is incredible is the strength and really what I would say the compassion to build something like you all have to not only support people that go through this, but you understand it, right? So it's not just financial. You get to have those conversations. So how did you guys, and and, and, I, and I, if you're not comfortable answering this, but I just want to know how you guys overcame, you know, this tragedy. Was it support from friends and family? Was it support from your community? Was it a mixture of both? I think that's a lesson that a lot of people complain about things in life, you know, and reality is like, what are you bitching about? You know, like, oh, you, you had a longer commute or gas is expensive. It's like, who gives a shit when it gets down to it, right? Um, so I'd love to hear just how you guys kind of coped with that. And I think a lot of people that are going through, whether it's similar tragedies or not, um, could get a lot from that. Um, I mean, I would say, um, the first thing is we have two, two boys. We, we had to be parents. Yep. There was no like sitting around. And I mean, obviously there was a lot of sulking and moaning, let's be honest, but, um, you still had to wake up, you still had to take care of your other kids. So I think that helped us a immense amount in the early stages. Um, uh, I think our, uh, both of our faith, um, helped us a lot as well, knowing that, um, one day I'll get to see her again by our beliefs. I think that's amazing. I think there's a lot of books we read on heaven and other things that really helped us out as well. And I think the, the toughest part that we dealt with honestly was it was hard for me to talk to her because it hurt her. Right. Like I could see the hurt in her in her in her just in her. And she had a problem talking to other people about it. She wanted to talk to me about it. I didn't have a problem talking to other people about it. So it was a, it was a little bit of a, a, a tough go at first because I didn't want to hurt her by talking to her, even though it was good for her. Right. But you know, so there were some issues there, but I feel like Madeline's fun is one thing that has really been really good counseling for us. It got us talking about it. It got us dealing with the issues, but it also got us in a positive uh, light in our life to be able to help these other families and turn something that was horrifying into something really, really good for us. So, I mean, I think, if anything, we came out stronger on the other end. I don't think we were not strong beforehand, but I think, um, you know, uh, it was, I think Madeline's fun is definitely one thing that helps us. I don't know what you think. Yeah, but. Uh, definitely. I mean, it's an outlet for us to, I mean, when you have a child, um, something we didn't mention is, you know, her being born in January, it was flu season. I mean, everybody's this way now. It's really hard to get into the hospital, but at that point in time, you know, um, the nurses and the staff and us were the only people that got to meet Madeline. No, you know, our, our boys, our parents, our family, you know, no one got to know her. And I think as a parent, um, like you were saying, there's two ways people can deal with it, either shut down or you want to like share about it. And I think for us, um, you know, having a way to like say her name, share her life with, with others has been, healing for us um and yeah a way to like a practical way i guess to like to do something for her instead of just you know think about her we get to do things for her in honor of her to help yeah i think that's a good way to put it because i mean obviously even you know it's been seven years it still sucks Mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't get 
it gets easier. Like, like anything, you get it. You, you get used to, I guess, the fact that she's gone. Um, but it's still, um, there's still hard days, you know. But well, and for think, other people, I feel like some people they don't know what to say or how to bring it up. And now we have like, we have Madeline's son, so people, I, I I wouldn't have known how to talk to somebody before really going through this. You know, like should I say something? Should I not? And now it's just for me that makes it more natural yeah. for for everyone sure because not everybody's going I mean, the worst things that happen to my kids is they have me for a dad but you know it's like i, I think about when i talk to folks that you know have had these kinds of experiences and like and have turned it into you know, or you know made every effort to turn it into something positive for other families and you know as a byproduct themselves how do you go about the day-to-day of working with these other families either directly or tangentially and keep it on the positive and not have it reflect back and make you think of the negatives. I just don't know how. How do you how do you get around on that? Uh, I I don't I don't I don't think you can really. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it, everybody thinks differently and everybody uh, you yeah. know takes information differently mm-hmm. um, and reacts to certain situations in a different way. I think you have to read the people uh, and see and hopefully you know if you do something wrong, you can make it right or yeah. hopefully you say the right thing. But I I do. Another point that I would say for other people out there um, that maybe haven't went through this, that have a friend that go through this, just check in. I think that was a big thing, too, is like just because we're out, Mm -hmm. it's been six months, it's been a year. Just because you're out and you look normal, you're not normal. You know, I think it's it's awesome for people to continue to check in on people Mm because it never goes away. It always it's always, you know, stuck deep down inside, you know, what happened and. I think that was that's the best advice I can give to somebody. Like if they didn't, if they have a friend going through it, it's just always, no matter how long it's been, yeah. just check in, see how they're doing. You know, I think that's a, it goes a long way when people ask and people, you know, show, you know, um, some initiative to like just whether whether you mean it or not or you feel just, I feel like it's an awesome, awesome thing to do just to you know, make sure, you know, they're still doing okay and if they need anything and more than likely it'll be no, I'm good, but it means a lot more than you really think. You know, we've had a lot of people on the podcast and, it, and it's sad like that have lost, you know, children. And, you know, it's interesting to see even into the dynamics of the mom and the dad, how they completely cope differently, right? You know, you could look at a father and, and like you said, he could be, you know, happy, you know, great spirits, but like you don't really know what's going on on the inside, right? Like maybe that's just, that's their personality. But then on the other side, like there might be, you know, a lot more grief. Um, What I want to ask you on this is, and this is something that's brought up a lot, you know, how do you go about asking? I feel like people in your situation, a lot of people want to say like, you know, we're praying for you. We, you know, what can we do to help? Right. And it's like, maybe you don't even know the answers. So do you have like a better way of approaching that maybe where it's like, instead of just asking what you can do, like figure out what you can do. Maybe take them a meal, you know, be proactive on that. It, it doesn't necessarily need to be the people that are grieving to tell you what they need. Uh, and I don't know if you guys had anybody that went through through that or did things for you because I feel like it's it's action that will really help. And, and asking is fine, but doing is better in that scenario. Yeah, I know. I mean, what immediately came to my mind is something I've talked about before. When uh, after Madeline passed away, it was either the next day or day after we were like leaving the house to go 
to the funeral home to start making arrangements. And I remember pulling out of the driveway and I saw friends who had, you know, parked in the driveway with a cooler and like filling up like snacks for the kids and stuff like that. And I just remember like just feeling just so overwhelmed, like with obviously the loss and all that we were facing, but like just feeling like overwhelmed with like the love that was shown to us because people did just, and, and, you know, that's the community that we live in just so many wonderful friends and family neighbors, um, that do want to do something. And that was like, you know, they set up a meal chain and it was really nice that people would drop off something for us with the note of encouragement or like you're saying, just going and doing something because, I know I'm not comfortable saying, yes, can you please come over and play with my kids for a little, you know, right. but if somebody yeah. said, hey, I'm going to come by and I remember a friend saying, hey, like I'm I'm shopping for Valentine's Day gifts for uh, or cards for the preschool class. Do you want me to grab you some, you know, like just yeah. offering, you know, and that I mean, I still remember that. And that was over seven years ago, just being like, that was so thoughtful that, you know, she just offered to do it instead of me having to think about it and then reach out and ask somebody but tell yeah. me about you know having other kids as well uh, obviously that has to be very traumatic for them um you know i don't think it's anything you want any of your kids to go through per se and we had a, a guest on previously who it was interesting um she lost her husband and then one of my friends actually lost his wife and they've been good friends of actually now merged families it's very it's a very very crazy but amazing story and one of the things that she said was, uh, or one of the best advice Ryan gave her was, if you need to tell all your friends, if your kids ask you like, hey, I want to play, like that's their way of saying like, like I, I, like I need help. Like I want you, like I need somebody to be around me, right? Like they might not have the way to come out and say, you know, oh, I'm upset today because I, I had this loss. This might be the hardest question, but how has it been with both of them, getting them through that, obviously continuing to have them be able to remember Madeline, but I've also seen some amazing things where the siblings of these nonprofits that have started get in, intertwined in it, right? And like the passion around it. And one of them is Isabella Santos Foundation uh, with um, Aaron's oldest son. He's now like part of the group, right? Like he's out there like raising money. And it's amazing to see how that's kind of transitioned when he was a little kid when it happened. Mm -hmm. um, so how has that been for you guys? And what would be the best advice for parents going through that? You can go ahead. I mean, I was just going to say when, when Madeline passed, uh, the, our boys were, Ryan, our oldest, was about three and a half. Okay. He was about to be four. Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. And Adam was about to be three. He was five. Ryan was five. Adam you're three. Right, you're right. Yeah, they're Sorry. two years apart. <laughs> Sorry, he was four-ish, four-ish. Four and five. I got a four-year-old. He, yeah. he was almost five, right, and Adam was almost like yeah. roughly three. Yeah. So, um, so Ryan remembered more, and he definitely. I mean, that was like probably second to the worst moment to have to tell them, right? You know, because they were, you know, they don't know really what's going on. I'm pregnant. You know, they know that there's a baby, and they're excited to yeah. meet their sister, and that was like. I mean, our our oldest especially because he really understood and was excited to like you know meet his baby sister. Um, so he he really, uh, I mean, he still breaks down about it. Adam 
was younger and didn't quite like connect everything. So, I mean, he understands and they, they ask a lot of questions. I mean, and we answer them as honestly as we can about the situation and, you know, the whys and the, what happened. Um, I think now, though, I mean, they do, we've gotten to, like, share about it at their schools. They have shared about it. I mean, and we try to check in with them. They've done, like, some counseling and stuff just because, like you said, kids can, you know, their emotions can manifest in different ways, not sure, like yeah. we deal with, with grief necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are, I mean, they've done their own little, like, They've done like business, kids in business in school and like raise money and, you know, shared in their own ways. And we just had like friends of ours yesterday did a lemonade stand. You know, it's kind of like catching on with their little group of friends. And now they're, you know, 10 and 12. So Mm -hmm. they're excited. Like Ryan played in the golf tournament this year and um, Adam was there supporting events. He kind of ran around. Yeah. (laughs) Talking to people. He liked to, you know, interview and, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that brings me that I think is really cool that maybe kind of doesn't go with this, but Ryan ended up buying Madeline a little, like a little pink dog. Like it's probably like two inches by two, maybe three inches by three. It's like a tiny thing. He still sleeps with it to this day. Like I sleep with her baby blanket every night. Um, I just feel like it's a good way to remember, you know? Amen. I love it. Well, I appreciate you guys opening up on this. Now, I want to dive into kind of some facts and and really educate people on, and I hate to say this, but how common it is, right? You know, there's a lot, I, I'm, I'm 37 years old, so it's like right now all of my friends are going through the stages of having kids, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think you have any idea before you're a parent what it feels like, what parents go through. You have no idea, right? I The story that comes to mind is when Josh Jones lost his daughter, I knew Josh Jones. We weren't close per se, but we were friends, but I didn't have kids. So to me, you know, it was kind of like, oh, you you know, like, yeah, you lost your daughter. Like that sucks, you know, like, and that sound maybe like, like just hard on, but I didn't really know what that, I didn't know that feeling. You can't relate. And then when I had kids, I remember the next time I saw Josh, I just ran up and gave a big hug. Right. It was like it was all like real. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know you guys. um, There's a lot of families that go through this. Do you guys have any type of numbers? I know you mentioned how many families that you've supported through funerals. Do you guys have any numbers? Maybe if it's just through Levine of of how many parents really go through this and why now having Madeline's fund to be able to support them through all of this is so important. Well, I mean, I know like nationally, I, I want to say the statistic is like one in 10 births like wow. end up with a NICU stay. Um, I know our numbers, um, and this is like, I mean, because we track all of this stuff. Like, I mean, we're getting somewhere around 80, 80 applications a month for assistance. Wow. And that's, you know, it could be multiple requests for the same family. I think last month, maybe we, I don't know. Anywhere from anywhere from thirty to forty families a month, um, and our I mean last year, probably around three hundred plus families that we assisted. I should have looked at this more recently. But no, I that's know, awesome. Um, that's okay. We, we, yeah. Overall, what we like a little over seventeen hundred. That's yeah. amazing. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and and it's um, it's grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think because of awareness, but also 
you know, the NICUs here are expanding. I mean, are often at capacity and are bringing in like new specialties. And it's, uh, you know, we help also at the CVICU. Um, I know we know the Olsons. Um, sometimes I think we can overlap in the ways we help the same families. Like we're more sure. while they're in the hospital, you know, and a lot of those CVICU babies are there. The heart babies are there yeah. for months, you know, mm-hmm. the surgeries and recovering. So we help them. Um, get through that part of their stay while the hardest yard steps in um, after to help. Right. Um, so it is, I think that we're going to continue to see the need grow just because we have like such great care here. This is where people mm-hmm. are coming. Mm-hmm. So you know, hundred people moving here a day. And, right. Uh, eventually, you know, some mm-hmm. of them will have children. Yeah. yeah. I know. And, and Novant is expanding to be able to hold more babies and, um, you know, Levine, I'm sure yeah. the, the same. Um, so it's gonna, I mean, and sadly, I don't, I don't know all the trends, but I do think, you know, you're seeing babies born earlier and surviving because of technology and advancements in medicine. So babies are going to have longer stays too, you know, if they're viable at 22 weeks now, 23 weeks. Um, oh, oh. Over over yeah. our um, lifetime, I, I mean, we've provided. I mean, I think around eight hundred thousand dollars in assistance to families. Wow. So that's awesome, um, and that's going to continue to grow because we're we are looking at you know across the Carolinas like mm-hmm. to expand to other yeah. hospitals. And how do you guys fundraise? I know this is not coming all out of your pockets. I hope no, no, <laughs> no. So, so no. how how do folks find out about the fund? How do fun folks find out about you know about uh, you know? making a donation or, you know, supporting it in some way. Yeah. I mean, I can start ways, with preferably uh, supporting in multiple ways. So, so the, I'd say the, the, the most cut and dry way is mm-hmm. madelinesfund.org. There you, you can go. go, there's donate, yeah. you can donate money. Right. Um, that's the, the easiest way. I'd say the other ways we have a golf tournament, which we just had, uh, it's been sold out every year. Um, it's, it's done really well. The same day Rachel has been, um, she started last year. So, uh, or this is our second. This is your second year this year. She does a tennis tournament, oh, which right has on. been really cool and successful as well. And then uh, we have a gala as well. And I'll let her talk about that because she's that's her it's her baby. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's it the, is fun. It's the Pink Bow Gala. It's in October. Right we used to do it in the spring, but in well, we were planning on 2020 uh, moving it to the fall but nothing happened in 2020 besides sure. just you know some right. other avenues um but last year we moved to october october again this year october the 21st it's a friday um so it's a really it's a wonderful night just everyone's in pink and we celebrate um and also hear about the impact on families and then um you know give back because there are families that need a lot of help. Um, we're doing a campaign in September for NICU Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Um, fundraising, um, we've got some ambassadors line up, lined up to fundraise on our behalf, and we're doing an event, um, just a family-friendly, communi- open to the community, no tickets or anything, um, event at Resident Culture Brewery in Plaza Midwood. Um, Going to have some fun things for the kids and, you know, ways to give back um, and just raise awareness because there are a lot of families. It's going to be, you know, hopefully lots of um, former NICU families there too who can come and just raise awareness for their experience and um, 
just, you know, come together as a community. And then, like we said, October is the gala. Follow us on social media, Madeline's Fund, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N-S. Um, and sign up for our newsletter on our website. There you go. Yeah. We'll, and we'll put all these links in yeah. there. Okay. Um, I want to... To tell you a quick story, so I mentioned that my my cousin actually in our family, mm-hmm. she was actually born at 23 and a half weeks gestation, um, and that was 17 years ago. And she was born as a twin, and her twin unfortunately passed away six days um, into her life. But now my cousin is about to graduate high school, and I want and, and where I'm getting this story is like it's pretty amazing not only what they can do in the NICU, but that family. This is up in Kentucky still has a relationship with all of the nurses and the doctors and everybody that does that, right? And I want to talk a little bit about the amazing NICU, you know, doctors and nurses that we have here at Levine. They're second to none. They're absolutely incredible. I, I, a couple of them are my friends. And mm-hmm. I always have conversations with them. And I'm like, I don't know how you can do that job. You know, like how, and, and, they, and they just say, you know, it was almost like they were born to do that, right? And like they get more passion from, from either saving a child or trying to save a child than anything else that they do. Do you guys have those great relationships with the doctors and nurses? And, and is that something that has continued over the, the seven years? Well, I I mean, just to echo what you said, I mean, they are really some special people. And we um, at our events, we actually have a lot of NICU nurses that come awesome. and volunteer or like child life um, uh navigators um are involved because they are passionate and they do they're like you know the the touch point for the families they're the ones that um i mean and the doctors too they're wonderful but the nurses are like right there all the time so um we've we've stayed in touch with um one nurse especially and our stay was shorter so you know we didn't get to really connect with many but i mean several i still you know I'm still in touch with one in particular, Christina. Um, but many have have supported us through, um, you know, volunteering and stuff like that. So they really are special. I mean, the things that they see, I mean, and they stay in touch with so many families mm-hmm. too, you know, families that have graduated from the NICU and gone on. And a lot of them, I think, babysit and, you know, yeah. they're involved <laughs> yeah. and, you know, come to the birthday parties and are part of the the families. They really are. And they, they bond because they're there with them. And yeah. families really, I think, hold on tight to them because, you know, they know their child. They're there with them mm-hmm. through the emotions of, you know, having a child in the hospital. Sure. It's, it's extremely hard to understand, you know, and they, they see it and, and they know. Um, what they're going through. I love it. Now I want to jump in quickly, Andy. So you are a uh, a player in the NFL. You are a punter currently for the Arizona Cardinals, and you've been in the league for a really long time. I think if you want to be a player in the NFL, you should be a punter because you it's can. Not be, a bad, you it's can not be, a bad. Not way. a bad. Deal. <laughs> it's not a bad. It's not Unless bad you get hit in the knee, I've seen a couple of those. Like, that's got to be the one. That's got to be the one. Oh, yeah. The one scenario where like this isn't good. But um, you have had the opportunity to play in the league for a really long time, and. You know, I'm a I'm a huge NFL fan, but I'm also more interested in in the ways that the NFL uses their platform to give back. Um, you can see what they do with you know Man of the Year, and it's pretty fascinating to see a lot of players. Um, maybe they haven't gone through something like you, but they they understand that their platform they they can really help people. Um, and I'm a person that always says an NFL player doesn't need to be a hero for your kid but an NFL player can become a hero for a community, right? And and that's pretty fascinating. 
Tell me about, you know, that journey playing in the league. Have they been supportive of you? Have you gotten, you know, other players that have been supportive of you? And and maybe how has that platform given you even a bigger opportunity to elevate kind of Madeline's fund and 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 this entire story? Uh, I I would say the NFL has definitely been supportive. I would say the the toughest thing for me is I being that we're based in Charlotte and I play in Arizona yeah. and I played I did play here for uh, nine games. Hey, we got we got we got a former Carolina Panther on the, on the line here, and, and you know had it tore my hamstring pretty bad. Oh man! So that was uh that kind of ended it for yeah. me here. But um, I would say that's probably the toughest part is being the the where Arizona is and being here. It's tough. I've I've done a few things um like with shows with them and stuff, but I don't feel like it resonates as well. Right. Because it's not in that local community. Yeah. Um, so I think that's been tough. And I think at times I've pushed back a little bit, honestly. And my, I think I'm, I'm starting to kind of see that I need to use it a little more, but, um, cause I want Madeline's fun to be about Madeline. Yep. Not about me. Yep. Um, and I'm also a punter, so it's not, it's not like I'm. Hey man, it's not like I'm cool. You know, it's punters not like I'm. You know, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. that is true. Punters have families. Um, All right, punters have families. So, so I think that a little bit, but I, I, I would say it, it's definitely helped me with the golf tournament you know being yeah. knowing greg and knowing luke and all these guys and you know having some connections uh, to have some good guys come and attract some for sure you know companies to you know pay decent dollar for you know a, a round of golf and um, being able to you know have some connections to get certain people involved i think that's helped a little bit i, I do feel like i probably could do more with uh that platform um like I said, I've been a little hesitant because I'm not always going to be. I guess I'll always be an NFL player. I'll be retired. But when you're done, you're kind of done, right? Unless you're like not saying anything bad about myself, but unless you're somebody like of Greg's stature or, you know, somebody that's, that's kind of a, above other guys, if that makes sense. Um, uh, I want this to I want this to be a 20 year thing of. 40 year thing. I don't want it just to be something that's attached to me. Mm-hmm. I want it to be attached to my daughter and my wife and my kids. And, um, I've kind of been hesitant to really push it in that direction just because of that. No, that's an awesome answer. I, you know, you mentioned Greg, um, Greg told me for years that he would never come on my podcast until he retired. And then he was in my office and he said he retired and the next day he signed at Seattle. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. I text him, I'm like, what are you, come on, man. We're supposed to have you on the podcast like a month and now you're playing in the league another year. So <laughs> anyways, just kidding, Greg, you're great. Um, <laughs> he is a good dude. Yeah, he is, he is. And uh, he's passionate, intense is what I would say Greg yes. Olson is. Even yes. if it's about t-shirts for his kid's baseball team, intense. Um, <laughs> so one thing that we do, you know, we work with a lot of companies that are obviously in the private sector. We, we have the, the blessing and honestly, it's made me who I am for the ability and who and how we get to work with nonprofits through our platform. What we like to do is connect. Uh, and you mentioned there's a lot of companies, a lot of cool people that come to the golf tournament. You know, we mentioned ways that people can go on your website and donate. How can corporations get involved? Is this something where you guys are going out and getting big sponsors for these events? And if we have a, a CEO, if we have a partner that's listening to this and maybe they've gone through something similar, or maybe they haven't, and they're just passionate about helping this. What's the best way to connect that kind of corporate world into what you guys are doing? Yeah, um, we definitely um, 
are always seeking spon- sponsorships and partnerships, um, not only for events, but um, just in general. That That's a big way that we're able to help families. You know, we say, um, like for our gala, I say, you know, I like for our ticket prices to cover all the event expenses, all our sponsorships, all the money raised right. at the event goes right back to the family. So, um, so that's number one and sponsorships honestly like our our events are usually sold out pretty quickly it's a great crowd to appeal to if you're into you know that recognition and stuff but beyond that um i mean having us as a partner i feel like just talking to the families that we help we know that we are directly we're helping the family directly i think research is wonderful equipment all that stuff is so wonderful but like we know when the families need it like we're there to help meet that need um Especially, I mean, the funerals is something that's so close to my heart. Giving, allowing a family to honor their child in the way that they want to, because it can be thousands of dollars, and families just don't have that. I mean, and I've, sat, I mean, I've heard about families like you know before Madeline's fund that did not have um, access to a program like ours, and I just I can't even imagine like what that could have been like, um, and so um, that I think is like you know, being able to make a difference like that, but also to help allow the families to be present in their child's care and not have to worry about those day-to-day expenses. Mm -hmm. Because we know too, the impact that has on the family, on the child, on the, you know, the the outcomes. Um, It's so important for the families to be there, to feel, I mean, a child with medical needs, like you can't just show up at the hospital and bring them home. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've got to, to learn how to care for them and feel confident that they can. Um, and also just bonding. I mean, you know, as a parent, like it's, there's tons of studies on it, but it's, it's truly important for the families to be there. So for a company, um, who wants to be a part of that? I mean, we you can go on our website. We have sponsorship opportunities and ways to, to contact us. Sure, so, yeah. yeah. We'd love for anybody to get involved. Yeah, I think that's a big pitch we're trying to do right now. We we do pretty well on our events, mm-hmm. do well on the golf tournament, we do well on that stuff. But having um, more of just like a a partnership with like you know some uh, like a company that wants to give right, like to where it's not it's not related to the gala, it's not related to this. It's just like yeah. okay, we're gonna we're gonna sign up and help you out for this year or for five, the next five years or whatever it is. I think that's what we're kind of after now because we would love to uh, just continue to grow. And I think we're sitting in a place not right now to, to grow like we want to grow. We you know need to raise a little bit more money. Um, yeah. so, cause Shout it's, out it, to yeah. Signature FD, yes. who was our partner yes. this year who just wanted to reach out and yeah, awesome. um, support us like financially and through volunteers. And, yeah. Um, like, yeah. That, that, that was awesome for us especially mm-hmm. in a time app coming coming through covid like mm-hmm. we did pretty well without events with donations and stuff but it was a it's definitely a setback you know for certain things but we didn't miss a beat we you know didn't we we were good stewards with people's money as well and we had enough you know kind of you know our rainy day fun sitting yeah. back there to where we were we didn't have to like stop helping people through that so it's been it's been really good and um yeah i mean we would we'd welcome the opportunity for more donations or for partnerships with big corporations. That would, that would be amazing. I love it. Tell me, um, and before we kind of wrap this up, I want to know, you, you mentioned you want this to be around 10, 20, 30, 40 years. What is the vision uh, for, for Madeline's fund? What do you guys, and I don't want to say dream about per se, but where do you want this to go? And, and, and what in your minds would say, 
you know, this was a huge success, right? Like we did it. Yeah. Well, he said 20, 40, I think, you know, indefinite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think our goal really, you know, we've gone, we've had multiple conversations about like, you know, it's so great that it's right here in Charlotte, but like, we feel like we could do more because we do get inquiries from other hospitals um, asking us like, you know, would you consider, you know, expanding your program here? And we want to make sure it's the right fit. But truly our goal is to like, to give, um, you know, across the Carolinas to be able in those high level NICUs to be able to provide support. So uh, we're both from South Carolina, um, you know, lots of, um, I guess, uh, through our board, there's um, roots throughout North Carolina as well. So I think that's where we see us kind of being like uh, local focused, but, you know, through the Carolinas and those bigger NICUs having a presence and being able to help families there. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some, you know, bigger, you know, like just to mention some cities like, you know, it's Greenville, it's Columbia, Charleston. Like those are some bigger areas here. There's Chapel Hill, like Raleigh, Durham area, Mm -hmm. uh, Winston Salem area. You know, I think that not saying that we're just going crazy, but like I said, first to be able to do things like that, we're, you know, we either need somebody that's going to just drop a huge endowment on us, yeah. which would be amazing <laughs> if anybody's listening. Yeah. Um, but I hope um, they're listening right now. Um, Come on. Or we just continue to, you know, continue to work and continue to grind. Um, obviously, I'm involved a good amount, but Rachel, you know, she's the heart and soul of this whole operation. She does a great job and she's plugging away every day. So hopefully we can just continue to just reach as many people as possible and then, you know, Feel like it'll come because what we do i think is needed in more than just charlotte so mm-hmm. but it, it's also needed more here than we tend to be able to offer all the time as well so yeah i you, you mentioned that it's it's needed here it's needed a lot of places like hey we're blessed to have levine children's hospital here but all of that takes money and you look at all the different organizations that we've worked in and, and how they've been able to support that you know having a vision Having ideas is great, but it takes funding to be able to make that possible from the start of this to the end, whether that's technology, whether that's helping some families like you all, you mentioned combining with Hardish Yard and, and kind of working together. So that's what I would challenge everybody. Like look into this, go to madelinesfund.org, check it out. Um, if it's something that that you feel that your family can can support, if it's something that your corporation can support, um, you know, me and Scott and DC, we all, you know, have the contact information. We'll, we'll gladly make that. And, you know, I just am very thankful for you guys coming on and sharing your story. You know, we're all about connecting here. And I really hope, you know, that's something um, that can happen from this. And, um, you know, it's just, it, I love seeing the passion of two parents that have gone through something so terrible. And, and you can see it in your eyes that you guys just truly want to help the next family. And if you can help them not go through that or at least help them go through that at the same time is is incredible and you should be very proud of yourselves for what you're doing we appreciate it and it's it really is an honor i say sometimes like you know you hear from families that um maybe we've helped with a funeral or have experienced loss and i feel like blessed that we have a platform to be able to to share and and help others because i think a lot of people do want to get back and honor their child so we're lucky that we've had such great support to be able to do that so I have one, uh, just off the hip, one off the hip, off the cuff. I always say off the hip for some reason. It doesn't even make sense. Um, where you're going. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and now, yeah, So what I want to ask you about this is in this world that we live in, 
and I'm just going to use the word, there's a lot of people that bitch about a lot of stuff. And this podcast, I bless because it's given me perspective uh, on a lot of stories and things that people go through. And it just makes me a more happy person, right? When I wake up, I'm blessed for, for what I have. What advice would you give to people, whether they're going through this or not, to have that positive mindset? Because you guys are too strong people to be able to go through this. Not only that, but continue on, be the parents for your boys and be able to do this. I just feel like there's so many people in this world, and this is kind of just a generic question, that are so worried about shit that doesn't matter. And and it, I feel like it takes an event like this for them to get that perspective. But it's like, how can we give you the perspective before you go through something like that? And I don't even know if you have an answer, but I'm just curious. Yeah. What your thoughts are? My answer would be it's just like, I mean, it's just the same as being a parent. Like, I can give you all the advice you want. You want. Mm -hmm. You're never prepared. Like, it's like you, it's like, you know, you, they say, you'll get a dog and you'll kind of get it. No, it's (laughs) not the same, you know, but I mean, because I mean, I get that from, because I had some kids before, some of my friends had kids. And I was just like, just enjoy the, the time. So, you you just can't prepare. So I think with, I mean, obviously to sit here and say, I think it would be hard to sit here and say, here's how you would prepare if you lost a kid. Right. Right. Like nobody, you don't want to prepare for something that you never want to happen. Like, it's just like, like me prepare for getting hit in the knee. Well, then I wouldn't be able to do my job, you know? Right. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of, I don't know. My wife may have a little better answer, but. No, I mean, I think when I've thought about this, and it's like a, I hope it, this comes off the right way, that of course I would have never wanted to have to lose our daughter. But I think the perspective that you get from experiencing something like that is something that I wouldn't want to take back. In mm-hmm. a way, not, you know what I mean? Like just the the understanding of like what you're saying, like the reality of life mm-hmm. and like loss and and really going through that kind of changes you in a way that I think, um, like, again, wouldn't have wanted it, but also, like, what I've gained from it, I think, is something, yeah, you yeah, she can't. she gifted yeah. you with that perspective. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, I, I would say just to piggyback off that, find whatever's good in your life and enjoy it. Because mm-hmm. today, I mean, today might be it. Yep. Just don't worry about, like, I have a problem with this too, like with everything. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day. Live today the best you can and enjoy it. And if you get tomorrow, do it again. You know, obviously you have to plan, right? But plan knowing that it's going to be okay, not worry about it, and enjoy today. I think that's one thing I've been trying to really hone in on. Um, I feel like as you get older, stress bothers you more. You can't deal with it as much, so... I'm really trying to um, just live each day to the best I can, do, be the best husband I can be, be the best father I can be, be the best friend I can be. Um, and then hopefully that day was good enough and you can go on the next day. If some, some bad happens, try to figure it out and just try to try to do what you can to get through it. You know, I mean, I love it. That's what we're going to end it on because that message is incredible. Um, like we always say, please like, share, comment, um, go check out Madeline's fund. If you want to be connected, please reach out to, uh, to me, DC or Scott. We will do that. Um, Andy and Rachel, thank you so much for coming on this episode to talk about Madeline's fund. 
Uh, we learned a lot. You guys are very inspiring. Andy, I can't wait to watch you this year in the league. But honestly, you know, I think, and it's similar with Greg, when you get to bring somebody on that maybe you'll see on TV, you'll see playing a sport, I'm not going to be looking at you as the football player. I'm going to be thinking of Madeline's fun. So um, that's going to be a whole, you know, different um, experience. So I, I am so thankful for you guys for coming on. And um, that's it. I'm getting emotional. So we're going to close this out until the next time you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the dunston group with your host scott dunston and brian young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the dunston group at dunstongroup.com